Hey everyone, just so you know, uh, this upcoming episode we are going to be talking a lot about addiction and how addiction affects uh, people around you. In case you wanted to go further with that and actually um, look up how to get help with addiction, uh, you can call the number 1-800-662-4357. Thank you. Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, a weekly podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon, and with me tonight is... Mark Packer. I am Ben Young. I'm Bill Jarvis. And uh, tonight, we are talking about the 2021 film, Bliss. Uh, Bliss was written and directed by Mike Cahill. Uh, It is starring Owen Wilson and Selma Hayek. And uh, that's about all I have for you, to be honest. I do not have a budget for you. I do not have a box office for you. It's Amazon. Yeah, it's Amazon. Amazon Prime. So, without further ado, Ben, what is this movie about? After Greg Whittle accidentally kills his boss... He meets a mysterious woman who informs him that none of his world is real. They're simply in a simulation. She teaches him that the simulation can be manipulated and even escaped from. But as Greg's daughter searches for him, the lines between reality and simulation become blurred. It's bliss. Oh! Oh! (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole new direction there for you, bud. Every bliss begins with B. (laughs) What? (laughs) (sighs) Oh, man. I I forgot about the boss at the beginning of the movie until you did that. It kicks off the whole movie. I'm going to say it right off the the bat. So, um, me and Mark watched this movie with Matt, who couldn't be here tonight. Um, but he said a line that I couldn't have lost my shit. It was, it's as almost as if this movie is if Neo took the blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, that's, a, that's a good point. Which I can kind yeah, of see. for sure. All- I got so excited at one point. I was like, oh my God, they're yellow. Blue and red make, uh, oh, no. no. Nope, never mind. Nope, it. definitely doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but there had to have been an influence. Come on. No, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it was definitely uh, if if Matrix did drugs. Yeah. And was addicted to drugs and they ruined their lives. Yes, if the Wachowskis did drugs, then what would be? No, the, the Wachowskis definitely do drugs. drugs. Um, yes. I've seen Jupiter movie, Ascending. Yeah. Uh, it was half the bunch they, of uh, drugs. <laughs> the Matrix that is 100% we do drugs. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I'm saying half the budget was drugs, like literally drugs for their trailer. Yes, one hundred percent. They filmed it in Australia. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> it was definitely what I was thinking, though. Like, if if Morpheus had shown up and given him a, a regular drugs instead of 
you know, awakening him from his energy pod or whatever they were called. I think, um, I think one of the big takeaways from this film is like, uh, the simulation pitch, right? We, this is a great time to compare and contrast Morpheus's pitch and Isabel's Isabel, Isabella. I forget. Hang on one sec. Uh, Isabel's pitch, right? So like, you know, Morpheus is like, has to go through this whole thing. He has to lead Neo into the agents and then he gets them, he gets them to escape and then he explains the whole thing and goes down this path and finally offers them the pills and, and Neo accepts, of course, but it was a lot of work when it turns out all he had to do was wave his hand at someone and he'd be like, yeah, no, that's a simulation, right? Like, <laughs> felt very easy. But like, you know, if I saw someone do that, I'd probably be willing to accept it. Um, granted, I will now be thinking I might be having a psychotic break, but you know. Yeah. Logically, yeah. So when I when I first approached this movie, um, I found it online, and then I saw the 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 word sci-fi, and I was like, "Yeah, we're watching that." Sure. <laughs> it's it's advertised. I mean, no, it's advertised as a sci-fi thriller. The, tr- yeah. the trailer really wanted you to think this was going to be a crazy sci-fi mm-hmm. movie. It needed to. I think even uh, let me see here. Uh, it is a Bliss is a 2021 American science fiction drama film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh you no! Know. There's enough. I mean, they literally they inserted Bill Nye heavily into this movie enough to make <laughs> you think it's science. It's a science fiction movie. Don't you worry. I um, I, I do think that that's one of the deceiving things, though, is that like it is really and I'm just going to talk about the story in general here, how I feel that, like the impression I gained from it. Um, mm-hmm. Really, the impression I gained from it was, I mean, it's very obviously well to me, very obviously um, uh, a, a horrible I don't know how to describe it. He's on a drug binge, right? Mm-hmm. unreliable narrator right. um or uh i guess whatever you want to say um unreliable protagonist and like and so everything in this film is basically a guy on a drug trip and then basically all the sci-fi elements are made up so it's like kind of deceiving in that way because like mm-hmm. yeah. that kind of can be disappointing for people who are hardcore sci-fi um Hardcore sci-fi. Um, <laughs> Hardcore sci-fi. <laughs> Meet me in the fucking pit. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I uh, yeah. So it's kind of disappointing to me in that way. Um, and you know, I th- I feel like I feel like I was trying to find the you know the thesis of this. And does anybody have any idea on that? Drugs are Drugs bad. Are bad okay. okay. <laughs> That's the thesis. <laughs> I uh I feel like that's that's too broad of a brush though. No, I mean of course. Like no, it, I'm it's just an interesting I I know you it's just a <laughs> joke, but like it Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it is sci-fi in the manner that it uses those elements to tell a story that you might have otherwise either not watched or, you know, rolled your eyes at like oh, another drug addict story, but like it was an interesting lens to put on it to get you to watch it and process the information yeah where a lot of people would not have otherwise that's a good way of looking at also it. if they i 
Also, if they didn't market it as sci-fi, you wouldn't have... I mean, at a certain point, it becomes really clear which way the needle actually, you know, tilts. But for a good chunk of it, you're, you're questioning one way or the other whether it is just, you know, a drug-addled viewpoint or it's actually happening. And you, for a long time, it like it swung back and forth for a while, and then you hit a point where you're like, oh, okay, I know where this is leading. Furthermore, like if I don't know, if like if Clark or, or Bradbury or someone were to like write this back in the day, I still think this would count as sci-fi, right? Mm-hmm. Like if this was was some short story in their in their books, like this, it wouldn't be unreasonable that this was that this was here. Um, even though at the end of the day, there was nothing really, um, no, no science was driving it forward. It still has the themes of sci-fi and it still is like, a, you know, a, a little sci-fi trick going on here. It you know, it tricks you throughout. Um, but that being said, of course it did, you know, it did deceive a little bit as to what its thesis is at the end of the day, the the full, well, you know, getting back at what Bill was saying, there's something not broad. Um, its thesis, I, I, I think, is, you know, you need to choose to be here. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Right? That's, yep. You, you, so- you, you can, you know, everyone always, want, like, you know, fantasizes about a better world and a better, better... Uh, life, things like that. Um, and your life, you can fantasize all you want. Your life's going to just continue to be shit, you know? It won't start getting better until you choose to be here. You know, keep in mind, at no, like at the end, uh, Greg says, uh, he's like, this woman says she's my daughter and I believe her. He's not, he hasn't come to terms with the fact that, like, she is his daughter yet. But it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter that what he thinks because he's chose to stay here now and that's what it is. Yes. Yeah. I have to ask, did Selma Hayek's character, Isabel, you know what? No, let me let let Colin talk. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Colin, before I move on. I was going to say, I completely agree with Ben. I I think the thesis of this is kind of it's not about accepting being here I, I guess that's what it is but I, I kind of see it more as accepting not your lot in life but like this is where you're at this is yeah. your life right now you can't reject it you can't pretend it's something else you can't imagine a better world where you should be this is where you're at this is this is what life has dealt you just deal with it just live it you can create a better world but don't pretend you're living in a different world i guess is the way to approach that that's kind of what i took away from it. yeah yeah and I, but uh i'm sorry oh, sorry um no i was gonna say um i think that that's 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 very true because it's like a lot of things indicate that he you know as a father was never really there he wound up getting a divorce, so he probably wasn't that engaged. And he's he was very his sorry his, sorry to interrupt his addiction. I realized was probably long before mm-hmm. yeah the incident. He started Vicodin right before meeting with his boss. So right, yeah, and, and, and he uh, 
and and his son at one point tells his daughter to let him go you know like mom has already like that that's how you talk about a, a relative with an addiction that's you know that's not just some absent dad like he is he has been a problem for quite some time and that's a guy who's just given up on him yeah. you know yeah. whereas his daughter his poor daughter ha- won't do it she won't give up on him you know just wanted to no, say no 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 you're right. right you're right because that's i mean that's a significant part of his life was drug addiction because i mean obviously it's you know before he you know he knew he was being called in by his boss and, you know, with that, some urgency, you know, four calls coming in, he's, it's better be urgent, better be urgent. His main priority was calling in his prescription so he could get his Vicodin. And then, mm-hmm. you know, because he was running a little bit low and then he chops it up and snorts it and then goes sees his boss. And it's like, he's become such a mundane integral part of who he is. So, I mean, like that's shown that he's completely disengaged from life in a lot of ways that, you know, a normal person probably wouldn't understand. Um, and so like, so, you know, he, he's been living this disengaged life his whole life. And then he's chosen, um, you know, the simulation drug addiction, um, over life, but also at the same time, um, he has learned by the end of it, he's learned an appreciation for reality in a way. Because, I mean, that's what they were showing with, you know, living in a shitty life. And then you, they, the reason they do it is so that they could appreciate the paradise that they live in. And so it's like that kind of has an idea of recovery is that hitting rock bottom and then recovering from it is kind of like appreciating life in a new light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's sort of sort of what I got sort of feeling. I love the way that they wrote those scenes too because in the moment you haven't experienced the extent of his addiction yet and as you're sitting there and it's in the span of six minutes the secretary calls him four times Mm -hmm. and but then later he's having those bouts of losing time and he says oh it's been it's been a few days and she's like i graduated weeks ago Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, looking back at that scene and reprocessing that, you're you're seeing in real time his he's not realizing just how long he's sitting there not paying attention to the life around him. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I never noticed that, you know, in the first viewing. That's interesting. That because I was like, I was like, just go to the damn meeting, dude. Jesus. But he was, he's very likely was sitting there for a lot longer than it, it seems to be. The whole, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. With that being said, <laughs> uh, I didn't hate this movie. This was, this was no synchronic. No, uh, I, honestly, I, I, I enjoyed the, this movie a lot. I will say that much. But it was it was kind of just a fucking bummer, right? Yeah. <laughs> like where where at a certain point, I was just over it. I was just very much like done with like the misery. And I don't know if that's just we've been watching a lot of miserable sci-fi lately. I don't know if it's you know I'm just tired of being yeah. being sad and exhausted with the world. It's just like I was like I don't want to I don't want to fucking see this dude ruin his life again. That's that's probably what it is. 
Can I tell you what I th- what I kept coming back to when I was watching this movie? Hmm. It felt like it was directed by Alex Garland. A little. What do you? What makes you say that? Um, I I don't know. It was. They didn't go too hard into the sciencey bullshit, and I say that meaning. You know that classic Alex Garland, just like they're going to throw a lot of fucking terminology. terminology this is at you this is legit. This could actually happen. Listen to my yeah. science. Yes, and that's yes. not exactly how it works. Um, they didn't do that, but I don't know. I, I think it's hard to explain, but just the the general feeling that I got from the plot, uh, just the way that the actors were acting, it felt like an Alex Garland script it felt like he was directing this well it certainly is like I, I i think i think one of the ideas that i get from alex garland films is that he uses a lot of they use a lot of dialogue but at the same time they use a lot of silence so that's kind of like the feeling i was getting from it was that there's just a lot of jam-packed dialogue that you know puts a lot into the mix and then there's a lot of digestion and then it just sort of like moves on. And so every dialogue sort of move is another chapter of the uh, story. So that's sort of the feeling that I get from Alex Garland and a lot of the things he does. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I get that. And, uh, and honestly, I think the actors did the best they could possibly do with this script. I, I think Selma Hayek and Owen Wilson crushed it. They really did. I don't know if it was in the directing or something, but something just seems super off about this movie. I can't tell what it is. Well, like, I, I can't tell. It's a bummer. It's a bummer for sure, but I just like... I've watched bummer movies prior to this, and I've been blown away by yeah. that. So um, maybe, it's, maybe it has to do with the uh, attempted escape from reality that usually are actually watching something fantastical and the weight of the real world issues that are taking place in this fantastical place are dragging you down a bit. But this was, you're watching them in real time trying to escape reality. Yeah. yeah. And, and furthermore, like it, it, it tries to be tricky. It tries to keep you guessing, but in reality, it, it shows you all, all of its cards early on. It gives you a peek here and there. So, like, you know what's going on. And I think that's a problem with the film, too, is it's like, don't get me wrong, I don't like bait-and-switches for the sake of bait-and-switches, but I think in the case of this movie, it would have helped to have a bit more mystery behind it because, you know, I think him, him them getting arrested at the roller rink is when I realized you know, what was going on and that this was all just a drug addled psychotic break. And I, it was like, it was trying to be like, you know, Oh, but maybe not. And I'm like, no, it is. You're, you're, you're lying. The, the, the question I was grappling with throughout the whole thing was whether Selma Hayek was actually real or not. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Um, I think she was, I do think she was, uh, the question, which left the big question at the end, which was, is the the nose thing they used to escape, was that actually the gun she found? And he was seeing it as the escape from reality thing? I don't think that's the case at all with um, 
them injecting the crystals through the nose is her finding the gun. And gotcha. Yeah, sorry, no, I, sorry, Mark. Go ahead. I, I feel like it was already whatever whatever drug they were taking. It was the catch-all apparatus for them to use. So I don't think it would also be. Do you think the crystals the were real? Look at the way he took his prescription earlier before he went to the meeting with his boss when he killed him. He was cutting it up with his credit card and he was going to uh, snort it. He snorted the drugs. Right. Injecting it through the nose. Okay. And taking it through the nose. I think that was that's all part of it is. Gotcha. So whether it was a replacement for whatever actual drug this was supposed to be, or if it was just a nondescript, like new type of, you know, hallucinogen. Yeah. I'm not familiar with, with what drugs would do that besides like your usual hallucinogens. So like, I, I wouldn't and even say, then they wouldn't go that far. I would honestly, my, my assumption was never that it was a hallucinogen. I think this was supposed to be a representation of, how good how good it makes you feel sure and, and like, like i said before i don't think it's all just the drug i think there's definitely a psychotic break involved as well you can't yes. you know it's a, it's a combination of all sorts of things you could tell he's grappling with some pretty serious anxiety early on in the film um the the dissociation the mm. The, the phone thing like even if it was larger time gaps than we were led to believe you could you could see Owen Wilson does a great job at illustrating someone who is on the brink of, of breaking in those early mm-hmm. scenes yeah he really does um, I have I don't know I've spent a lot of time reading first hand accounts of, of people who had been at like opioid addicts mm-hmm. and Yeah, you just, I, I don't know. This is the, the first time that I've, I feel like it's ever been accurately portrayed to someone who hasn't been in that position. Interesting. To like not, not really be able to, even after reading all of those things. I mean, I've, I've never been in that position, I would say. But from the perspective of someone who is reading a firsthand account, and then seeing it being portrayed in TV and film over and over again. And it never really seems right, you know? Not not like they're doing it wrong or they don't know what they're talking about. But, like, I never feel the impact in the way that this movie... The way that they literally transport you to another place. And then when he comes back, even as he's accepting reality, it's like he's always going to have that there. That's always going to exist this other place that he could go to. Ooh, that's a good point. Like, I feel like the, the, the use of sci-fi to portray that, that world always existing. If you choose to take the pill, like I think that's a, I think it's a good sci-fi. And I hadn't thought that initially, as soon as the movie ended, I was like, 
Yeah, I feel I feel cheated almost like they use sci-fi as a ruse to get me to watch this. And the more I processed it, the, that was that's how I feel now. Is that it, it's almost like a I don't know. I think it's a great use of sci-fi actually. I like that a lot. I like that a lot, you know, like it's it's almost it's almost a metaphor more that like he didn't accept that that world wasn't real or this world wasn't real. You know, at no point does he say one is more real than the other. He just chooses to be in this one. And I like that metaphor in, in the form of addiction where it's like, you know, and someone who has decided to get better. You know, it's like, yes, this is, I could easily go back there. I know how to do it, but I don't want to do it because I want to be here now. Yeah. That's that's powerful. I like that. You've you've uh, elevated the movie a bit for me, Mark. It's very interesting, and now now I think of that as sort of a sort of an um, allegory. Is that like <clears throat> now I think about Selma Hayek, I think about you know anybody else that was real was involved with the drug, and so like it's sort of like he had this small tribe of people who were in on it, and then the rest of the people are schmucks that don't get it, and so right. like that's like addiction. That's like having friends who are addicted. Is like you have your little circle that you spiral with. And you're like, well, we get it. We understand that drugs, you know, are, you know, or, you know, like you take this and you, you, you really get the experience of life. And then everybody else is just living life like schmucks and we get it. You know, it's like, it's sort of like, that's sort of like the addiction mindset when somebody's in the middle of the addiction and not realizing it and has not accepted that they are an addict. Going to, uh, you know, I go set up at our local 24-hour diner to read a lot because I don't like I don't like reading in silence for our listeners. You guys know that, but for our listeners, I like I like things going on in the background, so I go up there to to read. And uh, you meet some interesting fucking people up there uh, late at night. And I I remember this one dude who was a very scary dude. He the way he talked to me, I was like, you're not okay, dude, in any way at all. Uh, talking about the electric signals, trying to control brains and shit like that, and I was because I was I was sitting here racking my brain. I was like I was like the behavior, everything like you know like the the shouting up at the sky, calling people not real, you know, talking about the simulation, blah blah blah. It all uh, it all was like ringing a bell in my head. I was racking my brain. I remember this dude. He's like talking about how like he he his his friend's mom, you know. She shot her own head off with a shotgun just to get the electric electric signals out of her head, man. And he's telling me all that. And like now, I look back on that and I'm like, oh man, it's uh, like I, I you know, you know, you see the connections for sure in what was going on. And that dude was definitely with something as well as probably many psychotic issues. But it's interesting. I want to ask you guys a question. Do you think? So we have the scene where uh, Owen Wilson is walking down the street and he ends up walking into a rehab center. And then the next scene is him sitting around in the circle and he actually says, and he pulls out the picture, which honestly, I thought that was great acting from Owen Wilson that the whole time he's in that circle and you know, pulling out the picture and everything. Actually, probably some of the best acting I've seen Owen Wilson do his entire career. But... Um, well, you know, he says, like, this woman says she's my daughter, and I believe her. Do you think that scene was needed? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
It's his choice. It confirms his choice to be here. And it also shows, like Mark said, like, it's not like he's, it, it, you know, he knows that world is still, um, he, he it, by saying that, he's not saying, like, you know, oh, it's not some corny metaphor about, like, oh, I, I saw another world, blah, 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 I know it's not real now, I know this is where I need to be. It's like, no, it doesn't matter, like I said earlier, it doesn't matter which world's real. What matters is that this girl says she he's she is his daughter and he believes her and that's all that matters for all he's concerned the other world could actually be the real world but he doesn't he he doesn't want to be a part of that anymore because that's him choosing that this is the real world Hmm? he's choosing that this this woman is his daughter he's choosing that this is the world he belongs in right he's saying but but he's saying by saying that is by saying that she says she's my daughter and I believe her. Um, by saying it that way, it shows that he's not doing it for him, I guess. He is doing it for himself because he, he cares for her. You see that throughout. He does care for her deeply. Um, but it's also in part due to the the his loved ones, you know, like, he wants to be in this world because of her, and that's why he says it that way. The other world didn't have her, therefore the other world is worse. Even though it had this great utopia, blah, blah, blah. Which is just, you know, the drugs. You know, I'm starting to see what I think a big complaint for me about this movie is. It's not a big big complaint, but uh, there was, at no point did Owen Wilson say wow? Any, I know. Well, he didn't say wow. <laughs> <laughs> did I not say beforehand, Mark? Like, how long until uh, Owen Wilson says wow? But uh, no, he didn't show any type of uh, relationship with his son. We got that there was a relationship between the son and the father from the daughter's perspective. But at no point did Owen Wilson worry about his son. It was always worrying about his daughter. He's burned the bridge with his son. Hmm? He's burned the bridge with his son already. Uh, And I'm sure that if his son ever revealed himself to him, it would be a different story. But you could tell, like I said, you could tell that this has happened before. Maybe not on this scale, but you can tell that this is an experience that this family has gone through already and his son is over it. And he's like, I don't care about that. I, so I, I, I don't know, but I think no matter what the son feels, I think <laughs> I think Owen Wilson would feel differently and he would see both of his kids. Well, you're speaking from a, from a rational mind who hasn't that's been that's ripped that's apart fair. by drugs. That's, no, that's very fair. Makes sense. It's hard. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot. There's there's a lot that she fought through to be there for him. Mm-hmm. I've seen you know firsthand people whose family members had had trouble and had done wrong to them, and they you know it's a it's hard to to continue to not push them away 
or not, you know, block them out, you know? Not only is it hard, but I feel like there's a point where you just got to give up, you know, and for your own sake, you know, mm. you like there's there's only there's so much you can do at a certain point. And like that poor girl did not she she and she pushed way further past the point that she ever should have as a daughter, you know, like and, and I'm not I'm not criticizing her at all for that. You know, I'm not criticizing that character. It's admirable of her is that she she wanted to save him that badly. It's her father. Of course she did. But, you know, like he it show the son shows the other side of that where it's like he's he, he can't do it anymore. Not not because and I truly believe not because he hates his dad that much. He probably is not a fan of his dad, but because he can't do that to himself anymore. Right. Yeah. It, it, it hurts. You know, you see that I mean, we've all seen it one one way or another, maybe some closer than others. But, you you know, addiction's crappy and it, it ruins the people around you more than it actually well. It ruins you pretty badly, but it ruins the people around you just as much, if not worse, in different ways, of course. What was the what was the last line that the daughter said? I think she said, you're not late dead, you're here, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was like, yeah. that's super powerful, because that's basically everything right there, is that, like, you be here for something, you know, like, make a choice, make a choice in your life, and do it because i mean i feel like so some i i mean isabel obviously represents choosing drugs the escape and uh you know owen uh decides to go with his daughter who was the choice to be you know to live here and now not in the escape and you know there was such a disconnect and this is this is really what I think Selma Hayek's character, Isabel, kind of like gave away this gave away the fact that it was drug addiction in a big way. Did anybody get that impression? Yes. Like early, yes. Like, like just from the way she acted behavior, like, yeah, big yeah, 100%. Time. like, like I was like, no, like that's not, you know, if if that were a doctor jacked into a machine, that's not what would happen. Like, you know, it's just like it was one of those things where I'm just like. No, you're you are uh, you're a junkie, um, and like killing their dealer and like rationalizing it by like, oh yeah, they're just gonna wake up or whatever. And then I feel like Isabel kind of is telling is telling was it Greg? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is telling yeah. Greg yeah. that she really knows it's not real when he asks her to bash his head in, like she's just like. Like, I really know this is the real life here, and I want to go OD with 10 instead of 7. You know, I want to go OD over there, and, like, that's what I want to do. Like, I don't want to murder you with a rock, because I feel like deep down, and I maybe she is real. I think in a lot of ways she is real, but, like, no, because he draws her. Anyway, sorry, that just kind of, like, puts a wrench in my works. <laughs> that really does put a wrench but in my it's- works. You know, with addiction, you never know. It's very possible that he's had interactions with her before. It's possible it's out- they, you know, he's seen her in passing. Yeah. Just she's obviously in the area, right? Uh, and he's unreliable, so it could be that those drawings didn't exist some point before he met her. Maybe they weren't there. That too, you know? man. Like two, two, you know, two junkies tripping is just a yes and game. You see it. Um, you actually see it a lot when they 
end up in the um in in this in the real world quote unquote and they're like greg points stuff out to her and she's like oh yeah this is happening today blah 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 like when he's like oh is there some kind of soiree going on she goes oh i totally forgot there's this great celebration uh-huh. and it's like uh-huh. that that's stuff that you see um i've seen in some documentaries with like two uh, two addicts who are just like completely out yeah. of it and so it was it, that was that alone and then when uh when she was telling him that now everyone gets a base salary of 500,000 a year in the, on the planet. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah this, no, this is 100% this, this a, is a, a fake world. This is a fantasy. <laughs> 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 Synchronic can make me believe that you can affect time through pills before you can make me believe there's any future where people get $500,000 a year. Uh, no matter how many asteroids, apps are fucking No matter how many asteroids we start mining. If, so, in case you guys haven't, go back and listen to me and Bill talking about mining asteroids because it's a fantastic yeah, episode. It's good. Now we figure out how impractical I, it is. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I hadn't really thought about the, uh, the pictures too much because they, you know, that's pretty much in the first act of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting if you if you're looking at the the world they go back to when they're uh, I don't know, taking the crystals I guess you would say. I don't know why you would say that. Um, it's almost like he was sitting there reminiscing, thinking about his next high mm. yeah. as opposed to actually drawing those pictures. It's kind of like a representation of him sitting there just waiting for his next high, thinking about it biding his time you know interesting i like that interesting yeah yeah i mean i guess i mean i really kind of look want to look at the quote-unquote real world scene again and just think of it as two junkies sort of being strung out together it's it's played really well by those two because yeah throughout throughout it the whole thing it's just like look at this oh wow yeah what uh what's with all of the glowing people oh it's it's telepresence oh okay like it's it's wild it really yeah. is um i love the the physical um the physical representations of things that they had already touched in the mm-hmm. real world too the mannequins being the statues which i'd realized the first w- the way in but they also showed it on the way out i think as well the tent when city breaking down yeah. the tent city the guy tossing him the uh the drink mm-hmm. and then later it's a uh peach or something yeah yeah all those oh the uh the shoe rack and the coat rack at the roller rink came back like they had all these those interesting moments, but that was when you were still on that middle line where you were in the uh, okay. Was their simulation world influenced subconsciously by this real world they were in, or is this just a rebranding of what is happening in the real world in their drug trip? Yeah, like that was when you were still writing that line for a moment. I mean, uh, and also there's actually I forget what that was. Um, uh, something about visualizing thoughts or something. The thought board. I forget what. The, yeah, the thought mm. visualizer. Thought visualizer. Um, I would love to have that. <laughs> I went up, when I just did yes. a quick Google of the movie. So someone points it out that 
there's actually a cardboard box with Thought Visualizer written on it when you go back to the little tent city hut. Oh, is there really? So, so there was like, yeah. (laughs) So then you're just like... The Thought Visual... The thought visualizer also shows the man behind the mining operation of the asteroids was the man who was selling him a chicken sandwich. Nice. And I, gave him a free one. Nah. So I I think I think this movie, like the actual thesis of the movie is they were on drugs the whole time. And uh, obviously that that world, that perfect utopian world doesn't exist. And I, I love the idea of it, it's actually a great idea that you have to experience the bad to appreciate the good. Because I feel like that's actually well, isn't that like a Buddhist thing? You have to yeah, yeah, something, or, something like that. Well, like you have to experience pain or something like that to experience happiness. Or I, I, I'm no, sorry. No. It's right. bad, good. Yes, I mean it's it's, yeah, it's that's like just that. kind of and an I, East Asian philosophy, one way or another. And, and I and I get that, but I, I think at the end of the day that this 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 entire movie is the fact that he was a drug addict. That's very and yeah, it's absolutely. Very cool that you bring that up because yeah, that's a that's a big part. It's a big like um, mechanism within the movie, but it's also kind of human nature at the same time. It's a very natural part of us because. Humans are not made to be satisfied because if humans were made to be satisfied and happy with their life, they wouldn't do anything. So they wouldn't, you know, if you we were in the caveman days and we decided that we were happy and we just stayed in one place and got fat, then something would come by and eat us because we wouldn't be ready or, or on, on, on uh, you know, on kilt for that. You don't strive for a better tomorrow if your present is... Good enough, good. you know, satisfying. Good enough, yeah. yeah. You know, I I hadn't really, I hadn't thought about it until you said that. But she flips it when she's going on the uh, visualize. What what was that called? Thought visualizer. The board. The thought visualizer. When she was running through that part, she says, "You can't ex- you can't experience the bad until you." Oh, what did she say. She, she says, says you though. can't experience the good until you can't enjoy the good until you experience the, or you can't enjoy the bad until you experience the good. And he goes, no, it's the other way around. And she says, exactly. Yeah. So she even flips it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, um, what I mean to say is that it's really like just human nature and it's like a big part of why drugs are, um, you know, can become such a, a you know, it's, it can become a huge canyon that you get lost in because you because it is the thing that can fill the gap for you you know for a time it is the thing that can make you satisfied with stuff even though you're you know the biology of your brain is telling you to be dissatisfied because if you're dissatisfied you'll try to get better and you'll try to innovate and do things to make things better but if you just are satisfied with what's going on that's a very tempting feeling so you know that's sort of the you know the real world is that satisfaction and that's you know big that's a drug trip right there so you know it's like you know drug trip is saying fuck it and living in the moment and then and then everything goes to shit so yeah yeah and i i especially like the 
the whole you have to experience the good to enjoy the bad because like I don't know like in college like I got drunk like slapped down knocked down drunk like every night you know like really bad it was it was bad at that point I got kicked out of school and all that we've talked about it on here I think and and now like I I've rarely ever drink that much you know parties things like that and only if it's like a very special situation but um i i've found that even in my worst moments i am i i enjoy that than being as drunk as i was back then because i remember what that feels like and it was not good uh and i think that's the same thing as well so so uh, so understanding that the good isn't necessarily good that the grass isn't isn't exactly. always greener on the other side you know exactly yeah Oh, here's the quote. I found it. I said the quote. Hmm? It's exactly what I said, uh, right? Is it? So, um, I spaced out for a second while I was reading it. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <You> okay. <laughs> what I said earlier, I mean, I said when I said uh, you have to experience the good before you can enjoy oh. the bad. Uh, the, the thing is that it's amazing how easy humans can get uh, get used to even something spectacular. Oh, okay. Most people say ignorance is bliss, but I say you have to experience the good to appreciate the bad. And then Craig says, no, the other way around. Exactly. I said the last part. <laughs> the podcast knows. <laughs> hey, Miller, Son, let the record on, show. Miller, Miller edited this, so I'm right. <laughs> I did. I, it's, uh, you don't even need to edit it. Rewind 10 minutes. I just well, I thought that part was important where she says most people say ignorance is bliss, yeah, but I say I think that 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 in particular, as part of her pitch, was was a cool wording. I think a lot of the way they worded things in this movie was was good, and not in the way that's like, I mean, as the whole movie is not so much the at the end of it you're questioning what was real and what wasn't. Like it, there's a pretty clear line there mm-hmm. that they've drawn at a certain point but i still do like us talking about the dialogue and rethinking some of the lines the way they word things are is really clever and not in like a tricky way but like a i don't know i just think it's i like the way they wrote the script it's especially you know it's especially important because she says the the title of the movie in that line <laughs> so it's like it's like oh pay attention they say later too he says uh chasing bliss in the uh recovery center yeah. chasing bliss was definitely a working title chasing bliss. <laughs> <laughs> you know they also i was thinking about this too wait jaren for jaren verbs really really fell out of style though so <laughs> Yeah, no, they're like, 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 what if we just drop the chase? Drop the ing there. Just bliss. Just bliss. bliss. Isn't that uh, copyrighted by? Fuck it, just say bliss. It's fine. With their game Far Cry Five, chase bliss. Chase bliss. That's my nephew's name. (laughs) (laughs) Thought it was Tanner. Sorry, Tanner. (laughs) Tanner Chase Bliss. Um. I think yes. someone just born was named that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the unfortunate thing is someone actually named... The unfortunate thing what, Colin? Someone named their kid Tanner. And then the other unfortunate thing is someone 
Also, Commander Kid Chase. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, all Tanner and Chases that listen to this podcast. Yeah, to, all the, to all those listening that named your kids that, what the fuck? <laughs> to all the people named that, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with The human with race the... has failed you and your parents have failed Chase is a Moving fine on. name. I'm fine with Tanner um, because that you're honoring the great Tanner family. Uh, and I think that's totally fine. Chase, on the other hand, is the name of a dog. That's true. So, I'm, you know, we could all say this. A name cannot help you, but a name can certainly hurt you. And this goes out to all you future parents who are listening. Think really fucking hard before you name your child. I'm naming my Don't kid. Don't just like feel, Apple. oh, this is a great name. I'm going to name my kid this. Fucking think name. about it because a, a name can hurt someone. Name them William. Think William is it. great. It's very versatile. Strong Don't fucking name. What, should a, wrong fucking what did a chase do to you, Colin? That's <laughs> My what dad's I'd like to name know. is William. It sucks. What? No. What? No, it doesn't Will? suck. People named just, William are jerks. I mean, I'm that's sorry, true. But but a whimsical name like Chase? Chase? Come on. It's like Kyle. Drop the E at a Z called Chaz. Chaz. Ooh, I like Chaz. I have a cousin named Chaz. It's so bad. No, I like Chaz. No, it's bad. Chaz Cardigan. What a Chaz. I'm sorry, everyone. Ooh, like, Chaz Cardigan. That I am very... What do you call it? Like, when I just... Names mean a lot, and I hate whimsical names. I'm sorry, I hate whimsical names. That reminds me... Colin comes, from a, Colin comes from a world where all of the men are named John and all the women are named Debbie. Damn it! So that reminds me a lot of Greg Whittle's character in this movie. <laughs> No, I just think you have to have strong names. William, you can have Liam, Will, Bill, Billy. Done. Perfect. I mean, yes, yeah. you you you've shown it. Give him a strong Who name, and they can William come up into with names afterwards. Cool people. Liam is just a standalone. Do you want us to start calling you Liam? Like, is that look, what this is all about? Like, like yes. look, look. Name, uh, name your just... name your kid Christian. You could call him Chris. You could call him Tian. You could call him. <laughs> <laughs> you can call it wrist. You can call it wrist. Hey, my name the, is uh, the point my is, name is the base name is there. Hey everyone, my name's Liam. Oh, is that short for yeah. anything? Yeah, short for William. And they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's like Topher. <laughs> they're like, no, that's, my... that's not true. <laughs> that's a lie, Bill. What would you say, Mark? You're talking about the Liam thing. Oh, yeah. I I had never processed that, like, whether that's true or not. Uh, I had never thought about it that way. In the same way that, like, Topher, if, if I don't know, the whole, like, Christopher uh, Topher Chris thing. Topher. Oh, that's not real. <laughs> no. <laughs> Your name is either Topher or it's Christopher. There is, well, there's. Like, someone fucked up and named their kid Topher. Like, it's okay. <laughs> someone, someone misspelled it. I want to search if yeah. Liam Neeson is actually okay. named William. So a printer ran out of ink. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> no! And then, and then got ink back? <laughs> is Liam short for William? Liam is short for William! Hell yeah. His name is William John Neeson. What the fuck? Hell for everyone yes. that ever called their kid Bill, you could have called your kid Liam. Well, you've got these people... Uh, you've got these people who are trying to they have to pick a like name that isn't already in the screen actors guild right it's the irish the irish did this yes 
Yeah, it's the uh, Irish it's, did this. The Irish did this. <laughs> Liam is a short form of the Irish name William. I don't know, or the it's old Germanic William. name probably, William. It's probably William. It's probably just pronounced William. It's U I L L I A M. Illium. Because there it's are tons William. of people who will it's like shift their name just a hair, or they'll like add an initial or some such thing to, like John C. Riley. He he never goes by John C. Riley when he's outside. He's like he's he's put out albums and he sounds like a, he's just uh, John Riley. Rapper. He John goes C. by garbage fucking actor. Oh, oh rude. Oh. He hates. In case anyone didn't know, Ben really hates John C. Riley with a passion. We've talked about it on here, I think. Hi, I have I have something that I want to say after Ben had. <laughs> realized that William is a long form of Liam or Liam is short for William. We're not calling you Liam. I just like to say I just like to say vindication. But we're not calling you Liam. I just want you to know. You can call me Liam. No. I'm fine with that. You can call me Liam. It's too cool of a name. You know, I might start calling you Liam. It's too cool of a name for you. That's so (laughs) Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Can we say Bill Jarvis versus (laughs) Liam Jarvis? Sounds fucking great. Right, I love Liam Bill, Jarvis. but I'm gonna start saying Liam Jarvis. So it's Liam, Liam Jarvis. Thank we you, could uh, we Liam. could name one of your kids Liam. I could, I could have another one and just name him Liam. We could Don't switch. We could switch Luke to Liam. He's too young to realize what happened. Actually, you know, uh, um, Noah's middle name is William, so he could go by Bill if he wanted to. So Noah, Liam. Noah, Bill Jarvis, or Noah Liam Jarvis, which Ooh, is great. Noah Liam Jarvis, that flows. I like Liam more than more than Noah, so it'd just be Liam Jarvis. Yeah, that was biblical, man. You can't fuck with that. I mean, you can. I mean, I, I it was better than Methuselah. That was our. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we had we had four. We had Michael, we had uh, Gabriel, yep. we had Noah, and then yep. we had Methuselah. So we decided Methuselah. <laughs> Methuselah. We we really we planned on him getting beat up at school. We, <laughs> no, Methuselah summoned some demon to beat up all the other kids. That's that's who Methuselah no, is. No, the kids are scared of Methuselah. Oh yeah, don't go near Methuselah. Uh, so that's Jack. He's cool. That's Sandy. She's pretty neat. Uh, that's Methuselah. Stay the fuck away. From Stay the fuck away. From His me. eyes are red he, for a reason. His eyes are red for a reason. Don't, he sits don't in the talk corner. To him. He, he sits in the corner and eats fruit roll-ups and we just leave him the <laughs> fuck alone. Gregorian chanting follows him everywhere. It just starts. I don't know. <laughs> so- his, what, what's that? His feet aren't touching the ground? Yeah, for a reason. For a reason. And this reminds me he of just Bliss. Because- <laughs> I think we're at the end. I think we're doing yes, that. Yes, we're at, absolutely at the end. Okay, boys. <laughs> to pull us out of this uh, etymology and uh, name Void that we're in right now. Uh, we're going to go back into uh, this movie, and I want to know, is this good sci-fi or bad sci-fi, starting with Mork? I kind of spoke my piece earlier, I think, uh, for the most part. I, I think that sci-fi, on a normal basis, is taking something that is a real-world concept or problem and transporting it into somewhere fantastical uh, or in a new setting that is, you know, reachable by science, by way of science. And 
this kind of did that, but it was more it was more of a presentation of these ideas through the lens of science than actually transporting it to another location or time or place, you know. Uh, so I, I still think it's great sci-fi. Um, the movie, I think it's great sci-fi and a good movie. My idea of my enjoyment of my watching shifted throughout the thing, but I think especially after us talking about it, I think it's a, a good movie as well as great, great sci-fi. All right. Thank you, Mark. Uh, ben. Uh, I'll give it a okay sci-fi. Um, I won't, I won't drag it for not technically being sci-fi because like Mark, Mark made a lot of good points that support it, but the film is still a, a wild bummer. And for a movie that, that end does try to end on a hopeful note, I think, uh, you know, it, it, it just, it made, I don't know, like, I feel bad for knocking it for being such a bummer, but I think there's a fine line you can draw, and it it was, you know, it was close to being a joyless film, and there were points, parts of it that I was just really tired of, of watching it. Uh, so, while it uses its its story well, and it gets a little sci-fi-y where it needs to, but <clears throat> doesn't rely on it, but still tells a story that that does make me feel human, definitely. Uh, it is fairly joyless, and there's just something about it, like Colin said, that just doesn't make it good for me. It is it, so it's it's okay sci-fi, no complaints, well worth the watch, especially if you just have Prime. All right, thank you, Ben. Bill, round it off. Let's go, bud. Uh, I'd say. Uh... I'd say I, I have enjoyed talking about the movie more than watching the movie. I think that the thoughts that it brought up and the conversation that it brought up were better than actually watching the movie, um, which can happen. And like, I, I really thought it was really cool to dissect it and analyze it and think about it. But I, you know, the actual story itself and the actual um, sort of questions it brought up were not that they were existential in nature. Um, but I feel like, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of drug and not a whole lot of existential. That's sort of like, sort of how I felt like, so like, I feel like my preference would obviously be like focus more on good life versus bad life versus unappreciated life. You know, that's sort of where I would go, but I thought it was, you know, I thought it was enjoyable. I'd give it an okay sci-fi for sure. Okay. Sci-fi. That's it. Hey, thank you. Bill. I I know we're in the middle of of the things, but I think the not having the background of it being a good life before you switch to his addiction is important to make it to make his addiction not connected to his background or his life that he came from. To start in the addiction, I think was strong. I think this was a uh, this was good sci-fi. I think Mark. Uh, really spelled it out for why it's good sci-fi. Um, I don't know. I'm like, I'm still on the fence more than I like this movie. <laughs> to, to this point, I'm still on the fence more than I like it because I wasn't necessarily entertained, um, which that's not the hallmark of a good sci-fi. That's that's more like, that's a okay movie. It's a good movie, whether or not you're entertained or not. Um, I think it did raise some questions whether or not being satisfied with where you're at in life or 
feeling alienated where you're at in life and trying to find a, another avenue or a way out of it. Um, but overall, I, th- I thought it was, it was pretty good sci-fi. Um, I will say that it was a decent movie because I was uncomfortable for a lot of it. I don't know why, but I was just like, okay, uh, they're doing it again. All right. But um, <laughs> I was laughing out loud the entire time Bill Nye was on screen. <laughs> yes. I could not stop laughing when he was on screen. And I want more Bill Nye on screen because I thought he was actually pretty decent as an actor. <laughs> he actually held his own. But uh, once I get past the fact that it's Bill Nye, I think I'll, I'll do better next time. But uh, yeah. None of that made sense, but that's where my mind was going while I was talking about this movie. So, um, there you have it, folks. That is <laughs> our take on... Uh, I think we're talking about Bliss, right? That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. The whole, like, talking about names thing just fucking threw me off so far. Uh, Do you guys right. think... Nothing wrong with a good tangent. Remember how beginning they showed out the window of his office job? They showed the uh, addiction center? Mm-hmm. Do you no, think he had been in and out of the addiction center before and had, like, found the first job that he could get out of the addiction center? You know, Ark, Arcus, I feel like that is a, uh, a very good point. Jesus. I believe so, especially because there's a part where he's outside of it and uh, you could see the same person three times in the background. Yeah. Yeah, that was a very Matrixy moment, for sure. Well, in the, the background was a lot in this movie. And I actually want to go back to watch it again just to see what was going on because they were constantly showing shit in the background. So, um, anyways, uh, next week, if you all are joining us, finally we're going to watch The Midnight Sky, which is a Net- Netflix original, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with George Clooney and uh, who's the female lead in that? I don't know. I know. I know very little about it. I just know we missed it. Uh, Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones, thank you. The greatest um, actress of Star Wars. Oh, man. A, thou- a thousand voices just cried out <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, Bill. Um, <laughs> no, I'm actually looking forward to this. It, the trailer looked pretty good. So but Next week, we're going to be talking about The Midnight Sky. So if you want to join us for that, uh, watch it now. Otherwise, uh, we will not be kind. And we will spoil the entire fucking thing for you. Uh, Anyways, aside from that, until next time.